Welcome to Running Is Bullshit. I'm Amy. And I'm Stuart. And you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. And I've got a terrific new pain to add to the collection right from the start. My coccyx now hurts from running. How the fuck does that happen? How does that happen? I've no idea. I didn't think it did anything. I think I just hung around and just hung at the bottom of your spine. Apparently, I just I did a long run last week, which I'll talk about later on. Uh, the day after, and a little bit now from the last few days, my coccyx hurts from running. I don't know how that's happened. It's probably just because I'm just weak and useless and haven't been to the gym in years. I mean, that's just going to be the answer, isn't it? I thought like you had to have some sort of trauma to it for it to hurt because I've had it before. I remember when I was younger, I jumped on the sofa butt first and I landed on my coccyx. And it was the worst pain ever. Oh. And I remember screaming and my mum's like, stop being so silly. And it hurts so bad. I thought I'd broken something. But I've never just had it randomly hurt. <laughs> yeah, just from running. So I think that's that's probably just going to be a general fitness fucking core thing, isn't it? Glutes and core. Yeah. Engage your glutes. Make sure they're firing. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't engage my glutes. That's the problem. Right. Make sure they're they firing fire. really good. Yeah, they've, they've got to be firing, of course. Yeah. So that's something new to look forward to on my long runs. And there's also one of my like running fundamentals is slowly being destroyed. And um, by which I mean that when I plan runs, I go on like the solid, unshakable basis. If I'm going out for an hour, that's 10k. That just it, you know, because I like to plan ahead. Not too far, obviously, not like a training plan. I like to know what I'm doing for the next week or so. And when I go out for a run, I like to know roughly how long I'm going to be out, how far I'm going to do. So I think, you know, I always think an hour, that's about 10K. Not not anymore. That's like 7 or 8K now. And it's just, it's partially just because I'm not as fit. Partially just because I don't give a shit as much anymore. Because when I go out, I'll stop. I'll take photos of things. I'll look at my phone. I'll check the map. I'll walk up all the hills. And like, and I worry about doing trail races. Uh, in the future because if I get to any kind of incline I'm just going to walk out of instinct because I've spent the last year just strolling up hills I'm not going to be able to race them anymore so now I'm down to like 7 or 8k an hour I just went out for 2 hours again in my head right I need to do about 20k that's 2 hours I went out and did that and it was like 17 and a half so I'm like okay I need to actually realise I'm slower than I used to be and when I'm planning ahead from now on so running's going to take me longer from now on you're basically becoming an ultra runner just walking up inclines, you know, just taking it easy, taking some pictures. I'm on permanent ultra mode. Yeah, basically. exactly. That, that's it. You can't do 10Ks anymore. You've got to go straight to doing like 30 mile milers. There's no no other option. But I know what you mean because I do the same. Like I always overestimate how long um, it's, sorry, is it over or underestimate if it takes longer? Overestimate? I don't know. I, I overestimate how fast I am. Yeah. That makes, yeah, that probably makes sense. Um, but I always say to Freya, like, if I'm going out for, like, a 10K, I'll be like, oh, I'll be back in an hour, and it's, like, an hour and a half. Or if it's, like, a trail run, it'll be, like, two hours. And she's like, where yeah. are you? <laughs> are you dead? Well, I think 10K in an hour, it's just, like, in your head, it's a nice round number. It feels about right. Mm. But it's, it's it's not. On a training run, it's not. Like, I did a trail run with the club uh, last week. The 10K took us an hour and 40 minutes. And they usually do. When I do those kind of lead trail runs, they take an hour and 40 minutes. Uh, just because we stand around and chat and talk and walk up the hills and things. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's ultramarathon mode. Have a stop, have some chips and whatever, you know. Take a two-hour break, have a coffee. <laughs> oh, the next trail run I lead, we should have a, a pit stop at a chip shop. A chip shop pit stop. Definitely. Yeah, that that is ultra training, basically. For uh, On people doing 10Ks, yeah. They'll love yeah. That. <laughs> it's about nutrition. It's about fueling. Coming up on this episode, we'll speak to Sana Duthie about smashing the Pembrokeshire Coast Path record, clowns, sandwiches, nuts, potential racism, shitting in the woods, and bullshit marketing wank. 
Hey. But first, we'll catch up with the last episode. On the subject of jogging, David Sinclair said, I find that very often it's used by some runners to disparage themselves. A bit like, I've just been for a plod. No, actually, you've just been for a run because you are a runner. But yeah, but David's very positive though, isn't he? Definitely. Yeah. I definitely do plodding. Didn't he win like like Welsh Athletics Run Leader of the Year or something? Oh, yeah, something like that. That's something a Run Leader of the Year would say, David. Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) I'm a Run Leader. It's not the kind of thing I say. I don't expect to get that um, award anytime soon. I was going to say, that's why you're not Run Leader of the Year. (laughs) Sadly. Uh, Nikki Jones said, researching, brackets, looking at Wikipedia. Uh, She said, the difference between running and jogging. I came across this image, apparently an ancient mosaic from the 4th century AD, of a woman jogging with dumbbells. And this is like a mosaic of a woman in like pants and a bra with a couple of dumbbells. I've got to say, she looks pretty hench. This is, is this real? Yeah, it, I, yeah I, I did I a Google image search. Yeah, and it, it's a legit mosaic of a woman weight training, which apparently was pretty common back in kind of Roman times. I just wonder if like any of the Roman lads were shouting at her for wearing pants in a sports bra or like try to spot her when she's lifting her dumbbells. <laughs> You're all right, love. <laughs> all right, check out my columns. Wee. Yeah, well, keep going. You'll make it to Rome in no time. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly thought this was a joke. Like, I was reading it when I was looking through the show notes, which I do actually do, thank okay. you. Um, I was looking at this image and I was thinking, am I going to be stupid if I say, is this real? And everyone's going to be like, of course it's not real, it's a joke. But you're saying it's real. Yeah, is- yeah, yeah. I, I looked at I did like a Google image search and it seems to be an actual mosaic of a woman doing a little bit of workout. She's got good shoulders. She does, she does. She's looking hench. And those abs, she's looking yeah, great. Good abs, good for her. Peak condition. Uh, Amy, what have you been up to this week? Oh, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. So last, let me start with last week, which was much better than this week. And can I just say as well, before I start on my bullshit, if you hear a bell in the background, it's not Santa, it's my cat. I've I've ordered him an extra large. I ordered him an extra large bell off uh, Amazon because he killed a bird the other week. Um, an extra large bell for an extra large bell end. So, but it's very, it's very loud. It's all I can hear. So all I can hear in the background is like Santa's sleigh coming down the road um, and him scratching at the door, which is great. And he's not coming in because the bell is very loud. I think I made a mistake. I think I ordered a, a too large a bell. But so you've got a the, massive bell on a cat and three dogs in there at the moment uh, that are all yeah. just woken up. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've gone back to sleep now, but the bell might wake them up because okay. it's extremely cool. loud. It's going to be one of those episodes. Yeah, cool. It's going to be one of those episodes. So average, uh, average day in the Amy household. Um, so yeah, last week I managed to do my 18 miler, which is fantastic because I don't know whether I mentioned on the podcast, I did like a 15 miler the week before and it was absolutely shite. It was awful. And I remember thinking, cause that was the week I was supposed to do my 18 miler, like how the hell am I going to do 18, 20, 30, 40 miles? Because I felt so bad. I did 18 miles last weekend. Absolutely fine. Felt really good. I tried to do that trail you talked about. <laughs> yeah. What is it called? The Pilgrims? Uh, your Penry's Pilgrimage, yeah. Yeah, that one. Uh, for a start, I couldn't find the start of the trail because I came at it from an odd angle. So basically, I came back along a portion of the trail. I ended up at uh, the, the cathedral. Is it a cathedral or a church? A cathedral. A cathedral. I ended up at the cathedral. And I just couldn't work out then how to get on the trail because there was trail markers pointing two different ways. 
And what then I realised after literally running up and down this massive fucking hill, no word of a lie, probably about five times trying to find. The I did see Strava. It's a very confusing picture on Strava. Yeah. So I realised that what it was saying, the trail markers was basically saying, here's the cathedral. Here's like the starting point. And you yeah. probably, you know, if you're doing it, you probably have like a statue or something you touch and then you go off and touch the other statue at the other end. So here's the cathedral. And then you go back. Basically, I had to go back the way I came because I'd done a portion of the trail. So I did find the trail. Um, it was quite confusing. I saw you along the way. Is that why you look so pissed off when I saw you? Or is that just how you look when you, you run? You know what? I was pissed off because of that, but I was also, whenever I go out for a long run, or any run really, I, I call people and I talk to them on my, um, on my oh, airpods. Oh, okay. So, and basically, I was talking to my mum at the time, actually, and it's basically like a therapy session. I just like have a massive rant about how my week's gone. You know, people uh, love getting calls from see, me. That makes like, sense, because, yeah, I just saw you the other side of the road, and you, uh, yeah, I thought perhaps you looked like in mid-conversation ranting about something because you look so fucking miserable i mocked you slightly i feel bad for that because i'm like we always talk about men mocking women when they run and i did exactly that to you that's okay because you weren't a stranger it's fine and yeah i probably i was probably miserable about i was feeling pretty good about the run but i was stressed out trying to follow this trail and then yeah i was probably ranting about something you know that one of the many issues in my life i was probably having a rant about so i do i i, I call people and i rant for about th- I, I run for three hours and I just rant at people for three hours wow it's uh yeah it's great so, and, and uh, also sorry checking your strava when you yeah. tried to follow this trail you actually followed the trail for about quarter of a mile then you got lost <laughs> I ended up on this this road and I recognised it as being part of the Taft Trail. And I was like, you know what? I've I've lost the trail. I've completely not only could I not find it outside of the river. No, I found it for about like you say, like three quarters of a mile, and I just completely lost it again. And I just ended up on the Taft tra- Trail. And I just went with it. I just thought, you know what? So well, I might try and do it again for one of my long runs, um, because related to that. So I was panicking a bit because the Vogum is supposed to be in about two weeks, and by now I was hoping I would have done like a twenty-five mile run this weekend and be tapering but i haven't um the vogum has been postponed until august oh yeah oh yay <laughs> no. okay sorry yeah <laughs> you know we've got, we, we all got an email saying that it'd been postponed and they said like to let them know if you can do this do the august date or like if you want to um defer to next year or whatever or whatever other options there were so i emailed back and like I'm selfishly really pleased about this. Please defer, please save my entry till August. Because I was like, thank God, thank God, because I would have not been prepared for, for doing it in two weeks' time. <laughs> so I'm actually really pleased that it's been postponed until August. It might The weather might be a bit warmer, but we Gucci, it's good. I was really pleased. I just literally, before the, the email came through, I just posted on the um, like a little training group Facebook page we have saying... Um, What's everyone's longest run been? Because mine's only been 18 miles. <laughs> and I can see people on Instagram doing like 30 miles and I'm getting a bit worried. And then the email came through literally a few minutes after I posted and I was like, never mind, it's all good. <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. It. Doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. I'm just having a bit of a crisis. Uh, so yeah, that was last week, which is good. And then, but this week's just been absolute shit. So I went to run club on Monday, which wasn't shit. My first time going back to club after... All, I don't think I've been since lockdown. I've only been to a few Saturdays, but um, so proper going back to club, which I which I enjoyed. My foot was hurting a bit after my 18 miler, but and then I've just been unwell for the rest of the week. Like I haven't run since then. I had to. I couldn't. Sit, I'm not on the interview today because I wasn't feeling well enough to do the interview. Um, and just well, I, I'll talk about it because some people might feel a bit sensitive about hearing about ladies' issues, but this is a ladies' issue. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hey, we're we all about enough? we're all about the lady issues here. We talk we're, about it all the yeah. time. We're about equality. We talk enough about shitting and stuff yeah. to say that. So basically, I have had since I was a teenager like absolutely horrendous periods, like horrendous to the point where. And you see, if you look at my Strava, you can tell when Amy's on a period because there'll be a whole week where I don't do any exercise. And it makes me really unwell. Um, so like yesterday, we were even supposed to record yesterday and I just took the dogs out. And then I have this thing where I get this massive, like, um, I think it might be like a drop in blood pressure. And I become like, especially if I'm walking around or exercising, I just get like cold sweats. I feel like I'm going to shit myself and be sick at the same time. Cool. And it's just absolutely horrendous. And I've just had like... The past sort of three or four days, I've just been sat on the sofa feeling really, really unwell. So, and it's shit because I miss, like, out of the month, I only have, I only have, like, three weeks where I feel well. And then for a whole week, every month, I feel really unwell. Um, so that's a long, that's kind of ties into my issues with iron as well. So that's why I have, like, uh, issues with iron and my iron levels were low. Um, and I'd be interested to know if any other people who have periods if this affects your running as well, because I don't think it's really spoken about much in the the running community, really. Um, just like periods aren't spoken about in general, really. I think it's starting to a little bit more in the last few yeah. years. I think we've talked about it a little bit when like some top runners now, like coaches are actually taking it into account when they're planning their training. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like the... like the options that are available as well so like now i'm on the mini pill which i'm obviously not using for birth control reasons um it was funny though because uh when i rang the doctors and i said like i'm you know this is really bad um i have like a week of the month where i'm feeling unwell and it's interrupting my life and i'd like to go on the project the progesterone only pill which may completely stop my period which would be fantastic but she's like um what do you what else do you use for contraceptives and i'm like oh homosexuality <laughs> that'll do Basically. it <laughs> and she's like oh okay yeah it's like yeah i'm not using it as a contraceptive but yeah so that's what that's I'm a good reason at the moment. yeah yeah so yeah that's what i'm doing at the moment i'm hoping that that will um sort things out because i think i do want to say to like other women out there if you're in a similar position where it is affecting you in a way that, like me, because I know there are other women that it affects like this, where it is a week of your life every month where you, you're feeling, like, really unwell and not able to do things, like, you need to talk to your doctor because there are options out there that are available and it's worth looking into. Don't just suffer because I, I know a lot of women will suffer with really bad, like, painful or heavy or whatever periods, but do have a chat with your doctor about options because you don't just have to suffer. You don't have to go through this, you know? <laughs> but that one week a month, I just assumed you were lazy. <laughs> but that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. the explanation. That's what it is. So hopefully it won't be for much longer because I'm on my iron tablets because that's another thing. Like, obviously, if you're bleeding, your, your iron's going to be, mm. be lowered. Um, so that's helping a bit, but it's just feeling like generally unwell for a week, which absolutely sucks. And it really, really interrupts your training, especially if, like me, you struggle a bit with motivation. By the time you've built up the, the habit and the motivation of going out however many times a week, then suddenly you have a week where you can't, you feel unable to run and you've got to build up that motivation again. It absolutely fucking sucks. Yeah, you get three weeks in, right, I'm on this, four times yeah. a week, oh no, the week off again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, exactly, exactly. God. It sucks. So yeah, that's um, that's been the last week feeling, I still feel it, I, I, I'm getting really bored of it as well and I just want to go out and run. So hopefully I'll start to feel a bit better tomorrow, but yeah, that's been my, that's been my week. Cool, that's a lovely one. 
Yeah, yeah, lovely. So how's, how's your week been, Stuart? Any medical issues? <laughs> um, well, as Amy said, yeah, we would like to hear from anyone that's got any similar stories on that. Please let us know. Um, you can tweet us or Facebook us or email runningisbald at gmail.com. We actually would like to hear about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, as I said, uh, I led a 10k trail run for people in my club, which was lovely, uh, but no one fell over or bled this time, which was also a little bit disappointing because it was super, super muddy and I kind of hoped someone would fall, but they didn't. Um, I spoke about that on With Me Now and how lovely it all was because I've been on there for a couple of weeks, which has been good fun, but I missed off the bullshit and I, I gave them the good stuff and I kept the shit stuff for you guys because hey. I, I did the trail run, which is great. Uh, I said it took an hour and 40 minutes, which is ages. And I also ran there and then I you know, got back and then I ran home. But I ran home the long way with a couple of other people. And we went up more hills through even more mud. And because they were both actually good runners, they finished the trail run in an hour and five minutes, by the way, and hung around for us for over half an hour waiting for us to finish. Because we started off in two groups because it was such a, such a difference. So they'd hung around for ages. So they wanted to kind of get on. So I had to run a bit quicker with them and they actually ran up the hills, which I'm not used to at all. Um, and then I was on my own. Once I kind of dropped them off at a certain point, I was then on my own to get home for the last 5K. But it was at that point, it was very obvious I'd been out for far too long. Um, that was about four hours in and I had to run 5K home. And so I'd done a bit of a Freudian preparation the night before as I'd made nuts and balls to take with me. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's saying anything. Um, but as it turns out, I forgot the balls. Uh, which were, it's basically dates and peanut butter and a bit of other things. And I had some malt loaf I was going to take out with me. Didn't have that either. So all I had were a bag of nuts. So I kind of took a walk to eat those. They were really nice. But then I had to try and start running again. And it was just fucking awful. I hated it. I just ran out of energy. You know, I had water on me. I had just, you know, some nuts, which wasn't enough. Uh, I was on the worst part of the Taft Trail because it's just a massive fucking traffic junction. It's horrendous. It's not like it is on the website. So, yeah, I dragged myself along, stopping to walk like four or five times. I think I walked for about a kilometre at one point. I, I was just hating my life so much. Um, and I was, especially I was getting closer to home as well. And they, these are paths I've run a thousand times over lockdown. And so I just hated being there as well, even though it's that bit after that was quite nice. But I just hated it. The one thing I was really looking forward to, I had some fresh sourdough from the fancy bakery down the road that I was going to have with some eggs and some black pudding. And when I got home, I immediately downed the date balls I'd forgotten were sitting on the floor, ready to go in my bag. I had a shower and I made that lunch, which I was looking forward to all morning. And it was fine. And I'm not sure if I ate too much too soon or is too rich, but I then felt sick for the entire afternoon and couldn't take advantage of the usual post-run hungries. So I thought, I'm going to get home. I'm just going to eat fucking everything in the house. I had that and I just didn't want anything else for like the rest of the day. Um, so that's what you get for being on your feet for over five hours with a handful of nuts. I've had the same way. I've come home really hungry and I've like eaten a whole pack of Haribo and then had to have a nap to sleep off how sick I felt. Yeah, so that was... So the trail run part was nice. The run home Mm. was just fucking horrible. Not fueling well can like make or break a run. I think that's what made a difference on my 18 miler because um, I've mentioned before on the podcast, I've started using Tailwind. Mm. So I was doing it. So I was like filling one of my one litre bottles, sorry, 500 ml bottles with water and then one with Tailwind. But for the 18 miler both full of tailwind and it was really good so i think fueling makes a massive difference yeah i I think i'm gonna have to actually pay more attention to this now i actually went for a two-hour run this morning didn't take anything with me no water no food or anything and actually that was completely fine so Mm. the fuck knows anyway speaking of amazing fueling let's head to our interview now with sana duffy 
When we saw the Pembrokeshire Coast Path record had been smashed recently, we knew we had to talk to Sanna Duffy about running 186 miles on some of the toughest and most beautiful coastline in the UK. Sanna, welcome to Running Is Bullshit. Thank you for having me, Stuart. That you describe Pembrokeshire Coast Path very well there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> some bits are definitely more beautiful than others <laughs> etched into my mind at the moment. <laughs> well, we're very glad to have you. And I've been seeing on Instagram, you've been on, you've been speaking to every other running podcast or magazine out there. So you should be in the groove by now. Uh, the difference here is that while we do want a bit of the inspirational story, we're more interested in the gory details. <laughs> I've got plenty of them for you. <laughs> Excellent. Um, perhaps if we can start off with a little bit about you and your running background. Yeah, of course. Um, I just kind of started off with your with your race for life, just just a five k, um, just round here. Actually, there's pictures of me and, and my first dog Logan at the start line. Start line of that. He's he's very young. We had to stop him from tripping me up. I think at one point during the run and a few other runners. Um, I moved to Cardiff for a few years. Just did a lot of gym work, a spin, and the classes. Uh, when, when we moved back to Pembrokeshire, like obviously I love, who doesn't love going to, to a Pembrokeshire beach? And I, I didn't drive then, so I just kind of started running around. Did um, <clears throat> did a, like a, a couple of 10Ks, a half marathon. And then in 2013, I did the Tembi Long Horse Marathon. It's quite a tough marathon and I was hooked then. I did your popular London marathon and all because I thought everyone kept asking, have you done that one? Because it didn't matter what you did. That was the only marathon that seemed to count. <laughs> so I thought, right, I'm going to do that one. Had a good fast marathon in 2015, but I kind of started a bit of trail running. I was like, I definitely prefer this, getting muddy, falling over, having a laugh. It's, it was just more fun. Um, so, yeah, I got hooked. Um, did my first ultra, the Gower 50. Wasn't pretty. Fell over and grazed my chin, actually. <laughs> um, dragged myself through that. Um, and the rest... The rest is as, as we kind of know it. Yeah. Wow, that's a tough first ultra to do as well. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't the, a bit of nav in that too, which isn't my strongest point. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's actually, it's quite a traditional kind of running story that in a way, isn't it? Starting with a race for yeah. life, which is kind of your, it's a real entry level kind of race, but then just working your way up. Yeah, like a race for life was like the park runs of those days, really, because yeah. that was like, I think, pre-park run. Well, we didn't have them down here anyway. Mm. So yeah, it's so your pretty standard but it took you a few years then you realized ultra running is where it is for you. And actually it turns out you're pretty good at it. Yeah, I'm okay at it. <laughs> so I think it's very stubborn. Well, I have read um, in some of the other interviews you've done, you've been doing 300 miles a month since March. Yes. And that's continued. <laughs> so I think I'm already at 200. And, well, obviously it wasn't that difficult this month, but I'm now at like 280. So I'll get another one in this month. <laughs> Wow. So that's some big training. And that I guess you can just absorb that kind of volume without much problem. Touch wood. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, been, it's been OK. Um, I think just maintaining. Um, not, I kind of keep my run steady and, and easy. Um, so that that helps a lot. And being able to get back to the gym and have sports massages again, I think has really helped. I, I think I was quite close to burning out um, before this challenge. So I definitely needed it to taper. And I, and I needed my sports massages. So I needed something because I was just running and running and running. Well, you know, when you've got nothing to take before, yeah. you just, well, I'm, I kind of been, been at both ends. So it was, okay. it was timed well. So when did you get, when did you first get the idea to run the entire Pembrokeshire Coast Path? 
It was during, uh, in 2018, when I was uh, doing the, uh, the 100 miles of the coast path by run, walk, crawl. Um, and I kind of started hearing like about like Paddy Buckley rounds and those type of things, like those F FKTs. And I looked up and Pembrokeshire coast path was one. And the guy that had it before was actually uh, like, a, like a friend. And I helped him because um, the way the bit that's local to me is is quite difficult um to nav if you if you don't know because it's, it's in a town um and there's tidal crossing so I helped him like for about 20 miles of it and I was like oh I, yeah I think I want to do this but with races there didn't seem to be any time to fit in you know it's quite a big thing and I didn't know how long I'd take to recover and yeah and then COVID hit uh the coast path was closed which oh every every update I was crying when it wasn't open I was just so gutted and it was like so close like I didn't even need to travel to get to it um so I was quite frus quite frustrated and the dogs are missing the beach too <laughs> so I vowed like once it once it reopened I was going to go and, and run the whole thing to celebrate I was like screw you COVID you're not keeping me away I'm going to do do the whole of it and yeah. Uh, you did try it once before this recent attempt and you got 63 miles in before you threw in the towel due to weather. How bad was that yeah. weather for you to give up on something like that? Oh. Well, today we've got 60 mile hour gusts um, <laughs> and it's and it's pretty rough and they were 70 mile hour, uh, but in the night on cliffs. So <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not on that. And, and it just just reminded me, like I said to my dad, I still get that that scared feeling when that wind hits me because obviously I was that scared and I mean I don't mind bad weather I, I kind of love going out in the storm and seeing the waves crashing but this this was extra it was it was brutal it was like watching my friend get blown like it's not funny but like get, he's trying to open the gate the wind took the gate and I said oh my god Kaz is gone uh, I was just like this is stupid and I if it was just myself I think I would have stupidly tried for a bit longer but knowing like my friends and family were out there with me in it it's you, you you know it wasn't safe and it wasn't worth it I mean yeah. as much as I wanted it I, I still wanted to run after it you know I was raising money for an emergency service charity I didn't want to actually have to use them <laughs> but, yeah. you yeah, don't want to cost them any money yeah I can just it's imagine probably, it <laughs> yeah it was probably good it was a, a supported attempt then because otherwise you possibly could have carried on and you know made yeah. a mistake I guess yeah I'd been in St David's somewhere <laughs> washed up against Ramsey <laughs> yeah it, it was just too wild it, and then uh so the obviously I finished I think it was about 11 o'clock at night or maybe it was midnight and then the next day I said to my partner right we're going to drive to St Anne's Head because I want to see because that's where I would have kind of been mm. at that time to see how bad it was and yeah it was still like I just didn't I just needed to prove to myself it was the right decision and then at Amroth, when it was meant to finish, it was actually closed off the time I was due to finish. So I could yeah. have got all the way there and they'd have been like, oh. no, but I would have been like, I'm swimming, I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, so it just wasn't meant to be. Yeah. So you have now completed it. Your new record stands at 51 hours and 30 minutes, which smashed 13 hours off the previous record. So was that around your initial target? And when did you realise what a huge time that would be? Um, I maybe naively um hoped for maybe 50 um but it's first time ever doing anything like that the like my i was a novice my crew was a novice and we did have a little bit of bad weather because why wouldn't it mm -hmm. um but when i started then 
this um, the Saturday morning and realized like, I only had like 17 miles to go and it was like six o'clock. I was like, yes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely get, get under the 55. Um, mm. And I was obviously, I did a little bit better than that, but I was just so, so chuffed, but I still didn't believe I was gonna get it until I hit like the road, cause it finishes on the road until I got onto the road and I could see that finished stone. It was there and I was like, I've definitely <laughs> yeah, got unless it. Unless <laughs> something goes really badly wrong to take 12 hours to get over there. <laughs> yeah but yeah it was it's seen that stone was the best <laughs> perhaps i should have asked this before actually but what was your longest run and biggest kind of race before this um well i suppose i've done the the 100 twice um the first time was 27 and a half hours so that was the longest time on feet but when i did it again it was uh, 23 hours so harder like well harder pacing then but the same distance and i've done one you know um mountain marathons you know when you have to carry all your kit and and I've done one of them as well that was an A class but not not so much distance but that's a they're long days yeah yeah I can imagine yeah so it's a good fun but long days so in your two and a bit days uh, how much did you eat because we're always interested in what in food and what people are eating was there anything in particular that you really enjoyed <laughs> well the first day I was very much like your like Right, I'm only eating this, my gels, um, or properly with my electrolytes. Um, uh, but obviously you need a bit more than that for that type of time. And I was quite sick um, on the first night, just feeling very nauseous. And I was actually sick. I was like a drunken person in Little Haven. But yeah, <laughs> God knows what the you, people... You won't be the first. <laughs> no, the people, um, my partner said the windows were twitching. <laughs> so, never mind. Um, so that morning then we had a, like I put a chicken sweet corn sandwich in in the cooler box for some reason never really not eaten one like not on a run thing before and it it worked it, it went down I could swallow it and and I was like oh well this, this is a good sign and 20 minutes later I felt amazing because I had real food so my dad then rang my my partner he's like right just get a load of chicken sweet corn sandwiches from Tesco so yeah I had bre- I had that for breakfast at Dale and I had it for lunch and then I had it for supper so yeah chicken and sweet corn sandwiches you found the one thing that works right let's not mess with it let's just have chicken <laughs> yeah. and sweet corn sandwiches yep so I just had that then with my electrolytes and, and gels so that's good I love that <laughs> I normally drink um like in races I, I, I drink like coca-cola and like lots of sweets and stuff but none of that in in this I, I think I had one bottle of coca-cola and my dad just gave that to me because it was when i was couldn't really eat anything mm. it's it very high in sugar isn't it but in the normal like sweets things crisps i didn't want any of them i remember eating a, somebody shoving a hash brown in my face at one point so i think i might have eaten that but <laughs> I think it, get, sure. it gets, seems to get to the point with the support crew where they just force food on you <laughs> like you've got no choice you sit there you have your socks taken off they just put food in you <laughs> So yeah, chicken and sweet corn sandwiches. So I'll never forget that. And I will look at one the same way again. You may never touch one again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I've not had sweet corn since actually. So you heard it here first, unless you heard it somewhere else first. Chicken and sweet corn sandwiches are the answer to trail running. It's time to shout out those lovely bullshitters that support this podcast and say thank you. Stuart has moved into a new era, away oh. from sports themes and into the exciting world of Disney. Yes. Get ready for this. 
Ma chère mademoiselle, it is with deepest pride and greatest pleasure that we welcome you tonight. And now we invite you to relax. Let us pull up a chair as Running is Bullshit proudly presents your Patreon donors. Len, Ma, Tim, Debbie, Perry, Brian Simpson, Matt Jones, Jonathan Carter, Matt Garner, Hugh Phillips, Carl Fleming, Rob Smith, Nikki Genders, Maria Wicks, Karen Hamilton, Rachel Bentley, Lisa Gibbon, Matlis Penny, Simpson, Chris Whitbourne, Ian Hales, Matt H, Rich Skirm, Charlie Neverson, Ivor Hewitt, J. Sam Wally, Clark Gilmore, Victoria Dick, Amanda Murray, Hine, Tim Hughes, Liz Reese, Jules Atkinson, Anthony Howe, David Owen, Ruth K.P., Sophie Jakes, Gabby Near, Angela Foster, Swells, Elliot Line, Moenna Billum, Coach Shepard, Gordon Thelwell, McGavin, Julie Page, Adam Atkinson, Simon Ross, Paul Hibbert, Matt Newbury, Stuart Stevens. Oh, I had to raise my game to match Amy, and I think I've done a good job. I fucking love a bit of Disney. Yeah, love it. And when it gets to the part that Mrs. Potts does, without even thinking about it, I went into the Angela Lansbury voice. I didn't plan that ahead or anything. I just did it naturally. Yeah, it, it was it was inspired. It was fantastic. I definitely, I've definitely got some a very high bar to aim for for next time. Yeah. Well, if anyone else wants to disagree with me uh, about Disney, if you go to my Twitter, which is uh, st ukulele um, my pinned post is a long thread of me reviewing every single one of the 57 Walt Disney Animated Studios films in one tweet so if you want to have a look at those and disagree with me please feel free to do that um, an extra shout out as well to Ivor Hewitt who keeps changing his name on Patreon to make it harder for us currently his name is set to a string of symbols um, which I've got up on the screen here and I think Roughly, you'd pronounce that as cunt. Yeah, that's it. I think that's how you do it. <laughs> Ivor, why? Why? Anyway, over to Twitter. We tried to jump in on a popular tweet format doing the rounds, as we like to do every now and then, and asked, you're on a first date with someone, and they tell you their favourite race, you immediately leave. What's the race? Uh, Simon Williams, at a Amaze, was straight in with a very strong shout for Tough Mudder, Wolf Run, and anything with a push bike, which I think probably nails it straight away. <laughs> I love, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Any sort of like mud run or something with obstacles or something. You Imagine know. sitting across. Oh, what's your favourite race? And they go, Oh, you know what? I really love tough mudder. You think, Oh, fucking hell! Here we go. <laughs> we haven't finished the starter yet. This is going to be a long night. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, I just leave after that. You know. <laughs> Um, also suggestions of the London Marathon and any of those London 10k races that cost £50 to enter yeah I mean again you can like the races they're not your favourite race come on I, oh, but, I guess the London Marathon I suppose it might mean that they're loaded if they're spending like 50 quid to enter a 10k all the time you know you well it might be diminishing returns in, you know, in terms of their personality and yeah. uh I mean, people yeah. can, I guess someone's favourite race could be the London Marathon for the atmosphere, but it depends. If they call it the marathon, that's definitely a red flag. Uh, or if they refer to like 10Ks as marathons, that's oh, an even oh, bigger gotcha. red flag. How would you even get to the first eight? Yeah. No, you wouldn't, would you? Uh, of course, there was a bit of a worry when we asked about people's least favourite race. We could have got something that we didn't want it. I was very worried someone would just come back and say the Jews or something like that. <laughs> But luckily that didn't happen. But it did remind me of a story um, from years ago. A colleague of mine did some equality training 
Um, and one of the things the trader was talking about at the beginning, he said, you know, everyone has little kind of thoughts and feelings towards certain groups that they can't help, they're unconscious, but you have to kind of be aware of them. He said, you know, for me, I do have kind of issues with people that are overweight and unfit because I don't really understand the mindset. And But, you know, I'm aware of that and I try and overcome it. And he just kind of opened it up and said, you know, does anyone else think they have anything kind of similar about that? There's a bit of a pause. And then one guy put his hand up and said, yeah, Chinese people. Sorry about the way they look. And everyone just went, whoa. I mean, it's that great for being honest, safe space and everything. But, oh, I don't know. Perhaps it was good. He was aware of that. But The thing is, it's like some of the stuff that when you go to these sorts of events or not those sorts of events, some of the stuff your colleagues come out with sometimes and you think, how are you working here? How are you existing in society? Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, there are some people out there. Yep. Gabby Naya also tweeted us to say, things I don't want to see on my morning run, a cyclist with leggings around his ankles squatting in the middle of the gorgeous bluebells having a poo. He told me off for being in the woods. Well, only one of us was defecating in the flowers and it wasn't me. Just shitting in the middle of the bluebells. God, and he telling you off as well. Like, what are you doing here? How dare you look at me shitting on this path? I mean, to be fair, it's going back to nature, isn't it? It's... I mean, God's compost. Go behind a tree or something. Yeah, yeah. At Atonement666 replied, is the issue here with the defecation or that they were a cyclist? They're like, yeah, if it's shitting in the woods, it should be a runner. Cyclist, you can shit on the roads. Thank you. Yeah, I kind of get it. If it's a runner, it's like, fair dues, mate. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) cyclist, fuck off. Yeah, it's the leggings that got me. Cyclist leggings, you know, you know. Uh, as this is a, a Gabby near heavy episode, we'll also go with another one of her tweets to say, socks are BS, or precisely, the wrong socks. I managed to run 36 miles as a birthday ultra, brackets hashtag humble brag, with no issues, but on a five mile recovery run, wearing wrong socks meant skinned ankles and ouchy ouch. Socks now in bin, that felt good. The wrong socks. The wrong socks, like the wrong trousers, that famous Ardman animations film, The Wrong Socks. <laughs> <laughs> So 36 miles in not in good socks, fine. Five miles in bad socks, bad. Yeah. She seems to have very delicate feet, Gabby. Yeah, maybe, Gabby, you need to just run in bad socks for a bit and build up some calluses on your feet. I don't know. Or stop moisturising them so much. I don't know. I don't know what you're doing wrong, Gabby. Yeah, try <laughs> a bit of, something, though. Try a bit of that barefoot running. Yeah, yeah. And finally, a shout out to Ian Thompson, who proudly boasted his local legend status, having run a segment 69 times in 90 days, because saying 69 is always funny. (laughs) (laughs) It is. Oh, Ian. You can never run that again now. Well, unless it, well, until one runs out, then you have to keep it topped up. Yeah. (laughs) We're going back to Sanaduthi now, and we need to administer a clown warning at the beginning of this clip. So you did set the FKT and on the website, it does require you to kind of write a little report on there. And there was a line in there that interested me that I'd love to hear more about. And you said, I got tired between Stackpole and Fresh East, seeing clowns in the mud. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. I assume that's not a typo and that's some kind (laughs) of hallucination. (laughs) Yes, it was. So I've been disappointed because I've never had a hallucination hallucination before well like obviously I don't I don't take drugs <laughs> but you met like they say if you do like long so I thought when I did my 100 being awake for over 24 hours I would have had some type of hallucination but it didn't happen so 
well you're out on your feet for over 48 hours and and it happens and yeah you know like when you get wind and rain in your eyes and you blink a bit harder than normal mm. um so it's like blinking and I was like oh my god I'm, I'm so sleepy I was actually saying to my friend I'm so sleepy and as I was reopening my eyes I could see clowns in the mud like and they're like these poker clowns it's like I it was surreal I wasn't I'm not scared of clowns but it was amazing it was like I if I didn't know different I'd swear they were there it was it was so funny <laughs> what a random thing for your brain to think up it's not something that you've ever as you said it's not something you're scared of so it's not as like your brain's finding something to be scared <laughs> of. it's just I, it, I imagine we've had lots of runners who have just taken their headphones out and had a big shiver because there's probably plenty of people listening yeah. to this that are scared of clowns they're just gone oh god oh no <laughs> So the friend that was with me um, during that weird time, <laughs> I said I sent him a photo a few days after. Going, I said these are the clowns I seen. He said like you gotta give me some more because <laughs> he was scared of them. But I hadn't talked about clowns or like I yeah it was just completely random. So I do not know where it came from. I hope that didn't last long for you. Uh, no, wait, well, we decided for my own kind of safety because the weather wasn't great then that I had to have a 15 minute nap at Fresh East, <laughs> which I did. And I said to, to uh, my friend and my dad, I was like, you wake me up at six. Do not let me sleep any longer. I woke up myself dead on six. I'm like, you didn't wake me. You didn't wake me. Go, 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 go. It's like, it's, it's only now six o'clock. Then. It's, it's OK. <laughs> and I was fine then. So it was 15 just... minute nap. No problem. Yeah. yeah. Um... Resetted. <laughs> During all of this, how did your feet hold up? Oh, terribly. <laughs> um, I've definitely not got summer feet at the moment. Uh, I think three toenails have fallen off. Uh, horrific blisters on my heels. And they, I think I only now have got the veins back in my feet. And I could like, I was basically like in slippers in work. <laughs> oh, I don't think but any ultra um, runners have summer feet. I don't think that's something you can have. Yeah, I, I, yeah, definitely. And because um, it was 12 hours of wet feet as well. It was just, yeah, it was grim, but it's done. My partner goes, I get your feet off the sofa. I'm like, <laughs> no, I can't move. <laughs> uh, you did mention earlier on you were raising money for the Wales Air Ambulance. And you actually, yeah. in the end, you've raised more than double your target. And we'll link to this in the show notes as well. Um, how much of a push was that to get you through? Oh, well, um, after the first time, um, it was so it felt so nice. People like sending me a message and even still donating like after I, I stopped the attempt. And I was just I just thought, wow, that's amazing. So when I was going into this, it was like I have to do it for, you know, these people have donated and sent these lovely messages. I just I just have to do it. And the donation since is it's just absolutely amazing. I mean, I've done one or two fundraising things before, but nothing like this. And I kind of get why people people do. I mean, I finished my challenge now. That's done, but still getting the messages and the support makes it live that little bit longer. Mm. It's you know you don't want you, you don't get the race blues post race blues quite so quite so bad. Yeah, and a perfect charity to support on this because, as you said, they, they're potentially the people that could have been helping you and help people all the time on the coast path. So it's it's an ideal charity that ties in with what you're doing. Yeah, and on Pembrokeshire, we see them quite a lot because we're yeah. quite. I know we're not very rural, but, you know, we're not on a motorway. So we, we do see them a lot around here. And, and that's why I, I wanted to to support. I mean, there's so many charities out there and they're, they're all valid. Mm -hmm. But that was the one that I, I wanted to, to yeah. go for. You've got, yeah, you've got to do the one that means uh, the most to you. Uh, do you have any more stupid plans on the horizon? Anything next? 
Well, we, we were talking about this in work the other day, and, and my colleague Calvin was on about like the Carmarthenshire and Ceredigion. Uh, Carmarthenshire doesn't actually have an FKT, doesn't mean you can't mm. do it. Yeah, Ceredigion, I want to go do that one, but that's only 60 miles. Come oh, through. only 60 miles. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not quite as, um, quite as brutal. But next year, um, I mentioned Reese Jenkins, he's got. Mm. Um, that new race is the wild horse mm. so i'm doing two of those 200 miles next year two 200 so, mile races next year yeah i think it's april and august so not oh, too okay <laughs> you're not tempted by the whole coast path the same as reese did i just don't think i got the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah to be fair that is it, a it, month of your life gone yeah so and that's like you know with three dogs well i, I miss them too much so yeah, yeah that's true yeah before we finish please tell us the names and the breeds of your dogs and tell us about them okay do you want to do it now yes please yeah i always want we always um, want to hear about dogs <laughs> so i've got i got three i got logan who's 10 this year he's a black cocker spaniel he's actually the naughtiest even though he's the mm-hmm. oldest we've got brooke who i think is a bit broke because she's a very lazy cocker spaniel she's female and named after brooke's trainers <laughs> and then we've got simba our crazy uh, collie that likes to lick windows and he's seven this year he's uh, got one blue eye and, and one brown eye but i run i don't run with the cocker spaniels and brooke won't do more than four miles um and logan's a little bit old now but i do take simba out once or twice a week but it, it, even he gets tired now so i've kind of lost my running buddy <laughs> oh it's a <laughs> Amazing running with dogs. We we both love it as well, and it's always something we're looking to do. Cannot wait for Canacross races to come in. I've never done any of any of those, but I can just imagine it's just amazing, like you and your buddy just just yeah. out there. And I've I've seen videos of the start lines, and it's just chaos, and it looks like great fun. <laughs> Lots of barking. Oh yeah, and peeing against things if they're males as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I felt a bit like a cocker spaniel on the coast path with the amount of times <laughs> I was weeing. <laughs> hey, if you got to go, you got to go. I know I didn't care by the end of it. <laughs> if anyone sees you, just shout FKT. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I didn't do it in the room in the built-up areas. So okay. that's good. Not not in town. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we finish, the final question we always ask: What is the most bullshit thing about running? I think crowns on Strava. I think we're all oh. great runners. <laughs> but yeah, I, I used to obsess over, over crowns and now it's, I, I'm not even on Strava anymore. But yeah, crowns on Strava used to be something. Even on my recovery runs, I'd be chasing down crowns. <laughs> I see, a surprising amount of people say Strava. And actually, I think you're the... Because a lot of like people like you, like big ultra runners, say Strava. But I think you're the only one so far that's not on Strava. That's actually come away oh, from Everyone else has carried on doing it. See, so I truly think it's bullshit. Yeah. You've <laughs> properly moved away from it. So you're, you're not chasing those anymore. You're not tempted nope. by anyone else's. Nope. Just me and my, my own. And just my own competition. <laughs> you're pretty good competition as well. Um, <laughs> So congratulations on the FKT and good luck for your races, whatever you've got coming up. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. And I hope Amy feels better. (laughs) Thank you. And as Sana is involved in Pegasus races that we're both signed up to do, hopefully we'll be able to properly meet if races are ever allowed back in Wales. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Are you doing the rhythm? Am I right in thinking you're doing the rhythm? Yeah, that'll be a week after you're doing uh, your ultra. I'll be doing one. So that'll be a hell of a, a content ah, week. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, I've got so many races. I guess it's the same for everyone. I've got so many races like lined up end of August, beginning of September, end of September. 
I'm sort of losing track of what I'm doing, really. But yeah, probably. Probably it's a week after, or a week before, or a week during. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out. So on the last episode, we spoke about the bullshit marketing wank on running gear, and we had a few submissions, including water that has been specially engineered to help you hydrate better than water, right? Which they achieved by adding a bit of lemon and lime. Uh, we also had an integrated lacing system allowing for volume regulation and foot adherence. Yeah, what that means is laces. Laces, water, yeah. How do you spin that? <laughs> well, we tweeted a little while ago that we'd done well this far in to never have resorted to a quiz, but now is the time as we play Bullshit or Bullshit! Hey. Uh, we've each written down three running gear features and the other has to guess whether it's real bullshit or made up bullshit. And you can play along too while you listen. Just shout bullshit or bullshit when you think you know the right answer. Remember to shout it as loud as you can. Yeah, preferably while you're out on a run through a busy street. Ideally, yes. Uh, Amy, would you like to go first or shall I go first? I can go first. Okay. So. I just want to preface this by saying that all mine are related to shoes. Uh, mine it's are too, because I was also lazy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's all shoe technology, and hopefully you don't have the same ones. Oh, yeah. So my first one is called a Flight Foam, trademark, Blast Midsole. And just to give you a bit of information about this, it's 55% lighter than industry standard EVA midsole material and made with reinforced fibres that bounce back for optimal cushioning on every step. Now, I would have guessed from adding all that detail that that's a real one, but also I know that's the ASIC's magic speed because I've also got that one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the amazing thing that I loved about it was that it helps runners to shave seconds off their fastest time each time they head out for a run. Each time? So eventually you will reach a running singularity where you don't run at all because you're going so yeah, fast. If you're a run streaky, you're running every day. Yeah. Wow. It's okay. you and you being to the minuses. You're being to like dark matter, weird, like parallel universe shit because you're running like a 5k in minus 12 seconds. Oh my god. <laughs> so that's a great start. We've got the same one. <laughs> Should I go on to my next one? Yeah, go for it. The same one? Okay, so my next feature on a shoe is the Ortholite sock liner. And it's a sock liner that allows cool air to circulate while moisture vapour is moved away for a cool, damp-free environment that feet can thrive in. Uh, again, I'm kind of going to say that's real because you've added all that detail. <laughs> I, I, you, you are too lazy to come up with all that. Not necessarily. Is that, real? Is that bullshit it's or bullshit? Real. It's real. It's, it's real. It's a bullshit. feature on the New Balance Fresh Foam 1080 version 11 women's running shoes. God. I love feet can thrive in it though. <laughs> feet like, can thrive. You know, it reminds me of like either somebody in a career or mold. No in between. Yeah, it feels like kind of foot bacteria will thrive. Yeah. <laughs> Not your actual foot. Your foot shouldn't yeah. thrive, I don't think. <laughs> and my final running shoe feature is an air cushion. And among its core features, it provides lightweight cushioning. It's breathable and comfortable. But most importantly, it has anti-collision technology. Uh, that does not sound real. That is, I think that's bullshit. Well, I can reveal it is real, but it's kind of not as well because it's from Wish. So this oh. is the Wish trending men and women air cushion running shoes, athletic walking, training, jogging, gym, fashion, tennis shoes, sneakers plus size. Oh, yes. Yeah, I remember that one now. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, what do we think anti-collision technology is? That's from cars. (laughs) Is that in shoes now as well? Like, If you're running towards someone, do your shoes break for you? I think maybe that's what the air cushion is about. Maybe it's not an air cushion as we might imagine it, but rather it's a... What what are they called? What are they called in cars? Uh, What are they called? They come out and stop you from hitting your head. (laughs) Why can't I remember Um, this? Oh... What are they called? Car crash. I'm like Air- crash pillow. Airbag, 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 airbag. airbag. <laughs> I'm like crash pillow. <laughs> I was I just like crash cushion? Wow, okay. Anyway. I'll yeah. keep going, it's fine. <laughs> so we think that's an airbag in your shoe, which sounds horribly so. dangerous. Yeah, yeah. And I'll put an image into the show notes of the, the shoe themselves because they're just horrific, as you might imagine. They're just really ugly and horrific from Wish. Love it. Okay, um, so it's time for you to guess on mine. I guess only two of them because we had one of the same one. Great work. Uh, first of all is the Tactical Plus Groove System. Oh, God. What does that do? Uh, that's the part of the tread of the shoe. Tactical Plus Groove System. I feel like that's a real thing. Like, I feel like it's about tactical being adaptable. Um, groove is like, oh, it fits the shape of your foot. That sort of thing. So I'm saying it's real. I'm afraid that that is fake bullshit. Oh, I, I knew news. I'd get you with the tactical. I knew you loved a bit yeah, of tactical yeah. gear. But there were, I did see a few other like groove systems and the word grooves in a thing. So I thought that was a good yeah. one. Uh, next up, the Hypo PB Power Upper. I, I feel like that's a real thing. And it's on like a racing shoe or something. That is also fake bullshit. Oh, you only had one real one in there. I did. Uh, I only had the flight foam blast cushioning midsole, the same as you. <laughs> oh, from the Magic Speed running shoes, which I love. They're actually called Asics Magic Speed. Fucking I love hell. it. It's magic because it just it, it propels you into the shadow realm. It is literally magic. Uh, there was a, just a few other kind of quick ones I just wrote down here now. A few other kind of examples. The things like lightweight, breathable mono mesh. Power Run, uh, spelled with no vowels, PB Cushioning, Hypo Knit Upper, Multi-Directional Grooves, which sounds like it's a, a niche reference here, but it sounds like a Bootsy Collins funk lyric, uh, a Meta Rocker, an Accentuated Heel Tab, Tailored Fiber Placement, and Zoom Units. Zoom Units, zoom I love units. that. That sounds like a very small, fast dog. Yeah. He's a Zoom <laughs> Unit. He's an absolute Zoom Unit. Uh, please if anyone sees any more bullshit marketing wank we would love to hear about it love it to the bullshit running news this week and we're not having a theme tune or the usual stories about fkts and runners world diet tips because this morning actually just before we recorded uh, we saw a story from china where 21 runners have died in a freak storm during the yellow river stone forest 100k 172 runners set out to run in Gansu province in northwest China when they were hit by rain, hail, wind and freezing temperatures. Amongst those who were lost was Jingliang, who won the race on the previous three occasions it had been held. 21 runners lost in a single event is the biggest tragedy to ever hit ultra running and probably almost certainly the wider running world. And so that's that's all we're going to talk about and we can't be flippant about anything else. No, it's absolutely terrible. I was watching um, some of the videos from the Chinese news networks and it looked absolutely horrific. And I'm just surprised that, well, to be fair, I haven't really looked much at the news today, but I don't, I haven't really, I hadn't really heard of it. And it's, it was happened yesterday, I think it was published, the news reports in China. Mm. 
I feel like if that had happened in the Western world, you know, 21 people dying in a single event, I feel like it would have been all over the newspapers and stuff here. But I don't know whether we're going to see much about it just because it's it's happened in, in China. We don't really get news from, from that part of the world as much. So, But it's absolutely horrific. It's awful. And I wonder if there's going to be further investigations into it in terms of did they expect that weather? You know, did they send runners out knowing it was unsafe, or was it just this freak accident where this a storm or something came in really quickly? It'd be interesting to know um, what comes out of this, and and maybe if that's going to change ultra events in the future. I don't know. Maybe they underestimated uh, the weather or overestimated how well the runners could cope in the weather. You know, so it'd be interesting. I, I'm not sure what I'm not sure what part of China it was in either, because I know that obviously China's a massive country, but. Um, yeah, I know some places in China can have very drastic changes in weather, so it could have been quite unpredictable. Yeah, absolutely. And that should affect everyone in the running world, because that's, that's just an obscene number of people to lose in a single race. Right, Stuart, what is coming up next? Well, I still might do this pilgrimage route that I've been banging on about for ages. I've been setting dates for this since December, so who the hell knows? And actually, Amy, since the volume's been cancelled... In two weeks' time, do you want to do that with me? 20 miles? Possibly, yeah. I mean, it'll be a slow 20 miles. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, because I think I need a guide runner. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely you do. <laughs> you know, I'm not um, visually impaired, but I am, like, location impaired in the I can get lost on the Taft Trail, so trying to follow those signs is it was a big no-no for me. I could not do it. So, yeah, I think that's the only way I'm going to be able to do this route. It's a, it ends in somewhere with a train station at the end, I'm assuming. Yes. Perfect. So I ain't running back, I ain't doing 40 miles. Oh, God, no. So there we go. That's something we've just organised live during recording. Hashtag content. Uh, and for you, you're doing a pilgrimage route with me in two weeks' time. Yep. That was easy. Uh, yeah, and hopefully training. Hopefully I'll start to feel better next week. Like I said, it's been like a few days of feeling unwell. So I'm hoping from tomorrow that I'll be able to start going out and running again and hopefully getting my health issues under control. That's another reason why I'm quite pleased that the Vogan's been pushed back as well because hopefully the medication I'm on can come into effect and I can do more training than I have been and actually have a decent crack at it. Because I have been... The most frustrating thing is... Anyone that looks at my Strava will see I have been putting a lot of effort into my training lately. And it's just things like this getting in the way that sucks. So now the Vogan's been put back two months. That's two months more of training and I should be able to have a decent crack at it. And, you know, the aim is to get, like, if I've got two more months to train, like, 10 hours, I'd like to do it in 10 hours. I think I did it in, like, 14 last time. But a sub-12 hour one would be perfect. So, yeah. Yeah, well, it's actually just over three months. So even more time. But that's even better news. Most time, mate. You think <laughs> yeah. of all those long runs you can do. Well, the thing is, when I look at training plans that people have been doing, well, most training plans for these sorts of ultras, you sort of peak your training, you bring it back down, you peak your training, you bring it back down. I've only been able to peak it and then like leave it there and then go on to run. So this will give me an opportunity to actually do that. I'm really sorry. One of the dogs is coughing in the background. <laughs> this This whole podcast has been a challenge. They were fast asleep before I got up to do this and actually yeah. my dogs tend to sleep in the morning because we tend to give them like a longer walk in the evening and they're just absolutely causing chaos now you can probably like see them in the background that he's stood yeah. on the sofa just causing chaos I mean I can no one else can no no but just imagine it <laughs> just imagine <laughs> I'm dog sitting in case I didn't mention at the start of the podcast I have three dogs with me at the moment because I, we're dog sitting another dog so it's, it's absolute chaos and my partner Frey is out so it's just me three dogs and a cat with a very loud bell on it 
Cool. Well, I think we should probably just leave it there. So if you've enjoyed this <laughs> bullshit, please visit runningisbs.com to see the show notes and the links from this episode and the whole back catalogue, as well as links to our Patreon, merch store, and social medias. Goodbye. Bye. An extra large bell for an extra large bell end.